You are listening to Feast Radio, bringing God's love and grace on air. Listen to significant and heartfelt messages you can reflect on and pray about. May this message help prepare you to face challenges, follow your dreams, and open yourself up to God's unlimited blessings. Somebody shout right now, God makes ways. Hallelujah. Thank you so much to our worship team for bringing heaven down to earth, for allowing us to experience God's presence in our safe places. And also, we want to thank, of course, our liturgical team. Thank you, Father Bob McConaughey. Thank you, Brother Didoy, Sister Mai, for opening your home to serve us today. Thank you for allowing us to experience the Holy Eucharist in our safe confines right now. God bless all of you. Um, I want to greet everybody right now. Welcome to Feast at Home. My name is Brother Audi Villaraza. I am your servant today together with Brother Bo. When we are so excited for the message that we have prepared that God has inspired us to write and preach to all of you today. Very quick announcement, all right? Next Sunday, we're going to start something very new. Every first Sunday of every month, next week will be the first Sunday of uh, November. Uh, rather, yeah, the first uh, Sunday of November. And so what we're going to do is in the first session, the 8 o'clock session, is that before the Mass begins, usually we have our live engagers, but starting next month, like I said, every first Sunday, we're going to pray the Rosary together. Okay, so I do hope that you wake up early to join us uh, in, in praying this beautiful, beautiful prayer to Mama Mary, our Blessed Mother. All right, we want to be in the habit of praying the Rosary as a family because we believe that the family that prays together stays together. Amen. So join us next week, all right? It starts around 7.40, 7.45, okay? Give or take that, around that time. So please set your alarm clock, okay? Only for the first Sunday of every month. All right, and also another announcement. Some of you may not know this, but hey, Feast Conference, the biggest Catholic conference in the Philippines is happening just a few weeks from now. You can still grab your online ticket. There's still a lot of tickets to be grabbed. So please, please, please join this. Let God use this event, this conference to change you, to inspire you, and then to set your trajectory for the mission that He has called you to do. All right, do join us. We've got a lot of amazing speakers and preachers who will bless you. I guarantee that, okay? It just gets better and better every year. And also, for the first timers, let me just say this, that we want to give you an online gift after this session. We have a little gathering called Zumustahan that happens after every session. There's one at 10 a.m. and there's another one at 1 p.m. So join us, all right? We want to give you an online gift and then welcome you into our beautiful, loving, crazy, loud family. But this is also, this invite also uh, goes to all our regular timers, our repeaters. Please do join us. Have fellowship with us. Tell us how God is working and blessing your life. All right, let's have a conversation afterwards. So with that, I want to welcome you to talk number eight of this beautiful series called The Clash. I wonder, has God been speaking to you? If God has been speaking to you, just type this in. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Amen. The talk title for today is this, Master versus Servant. Amen to that. Let's, let's, just, let's just open our, ourselves and our heart to how the Lord is going to speak. But hey, just a quick favor, please share this live stream to somebody right now. You don't know who's going to be needing a message and, and a word of encouragement. Somebody who's been struggling with life, who needs to know that God has a beautiful plan for their life. Please tag your friends right now. Okay, as we begin by, by declaring God's abundance over our life, let's signify the greatest symbol of love as we come in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, 
Amen. Everybody lift your hands in the air like you just don't care and say this with me. Today I receive all of God's love for me. Today I open myself to the unbounded, limitless, overflowing abundance of God's universe. Today I open myself to God's blessings, healing and miracles. Today I open myself to God's word so that I become more like Jesus every day. Today I proclaim that I'm God's beloved, I am God's servant, and I'm God's powerful champion. And because I am blessed, I am blessing the world. In Jesus' name, amen. To open today's beautiful session, I want you to open your hearts for a revelation that God is going to speak through our very first speaker. Please welcome Brother Bo Sanchez. Hi everybody, God bless you. I'm praying that God's word will be open today, will be unpacked. And as we do that, you will be blessed. You, your family, your home, your loved ones will be blessed. Are you ready? Welcome back to our amazing study of the Gospel of Matthew. And I'm going to be preaching on this one word. I hope you're listening. Here it is. God feels your pain, but His plans are bigger than your problems. Can you say that with me? God feels your pain, but His plans are bigger than your problems. Woo! Just by the one big message alone, you know this is going to be a powerful talk, okay? Let me begin with the story. Many years ago, I faced a huge crisis that pushed me to depression. And it was pushing me to depression. And I said, I'm gonna, I need to share, I need to share. So we have small groups in our spiritual family, Light of Jesus. And so I went to my small group and I shared what was happening to my life. Um, a small group would be about, you know, between 7, 10, 12, 15 people. So, so there were 12 people in that room. Oh, by the way, we call our, we call our small groups uh, Light Group and Feast Lights, just, just in case, you know, just to um, get that out of the way. It was amazing. There were 12 people in the room. 11 people had tears in their eyes. Do you know who was not crying? Me. <laughs> I'm, I'm not generally the crying type. I mean, I do cry, but not, not as much as my wife, especially. Um, but so everyone was crying in the room. I felt so loved. I really did. It's like they felt my pain and they cared for me. So when I entered the room, I was the only one carrying my burden. And all of a sudden there were these 11 people who were carrying the burden with me. That, that was amazing. I felt so much love. And can I pause my story a bit to tell you that if you don't have a small group, you should get one. And just, just message us in Messenger and tell us, I need a small group because you need... I've been living my life in light of Jesus for 40 plus years and I've always, always, always had a small group and it has changed my life. So anyway, uh, back to my story. And uh, you, really, because deep, deep down inside us, we want to know that there is at least one person or two or three people who feel what we're feeling and care for us, care for us. Uh, the Bible says it is not good for man to be alone. That's what the Bible says. Now that statement was written 3,000 years ago. It was true then and it is true now. I was reading about what introverts are. Uh, psychologists say you know you're an introvert if 
you experience an energy leak when you are with people for a long period of time, but you recharge by being alone. That's me! <laughs> and, and, but I want you to know that even if I am a card-carrying, true-blooded, official introvert, I still need people. I still need friends. I still need to know that someone cares for me and feels my pain. Let me declare this spiritual truth for you, and I hope you're listening. Someone cares for you. Someone cares for you. And even if you hallucinate that there is no human that cares for you, there is this God who created you and designed you carefully in the womb of your mother. And, and this God cares for you. Oh, by the way, I haven't finished my story yet. So my friends, that small group, did not only feel my pain and carry my burden. That's not only what they did. Yes, that's what they did at the start. But then as the weeks and months went by at the right time, they also challenged me. Basically, this is what they said. Bo, God is not finished with you yet. And after this crisis, He will use you more. Man, I thank God for my friends. Let me declare again our one big message. God feels your pain, but his plans are bigger than your problems. Meaning to say, don't be trapped in your own little problems, in your own little world. God has a bigger plan for you. You have a divine calling. And, and, and so that's, that's the whole message for, for what you're gonna be hearing um, today. It, it's a powerful, so we're going, we're going to unpack this. I'm, I'm going to set it up a little bit by, by telling you that, this, if, can I ask a question? When you read the Bible for the first time, um, where did you start? Now, here's my guess. You did not start with Genesis, the first book in the Bible. You most likely started with Matthew or Mark or Luke or John, basically in the New Testament, because that's about Jesus and rightly so. But let's face it, um, the Old Testament is a very difficult book to understand. It really is. You know, think about, think about, you know, the violent parts, the, the murders, the massacres. Think about the X-rated parts, you know, the incest and the rape and the concubines. And why does Abraham, he already has Sarah, his wife, and then he has a baby with her servant Hagar, and then later on, he has another wife, Keturah. I thought Abraham was a holy dude. And then you've got David. Do you know that King David had eight wives? Well, not as bad as his son, King Solomon, who had, you know, a six-year-old girl said, King Solomon had 300 wives and 700, 700 uh, uh, porcupines, <laughs> you know? It's like, okay, like, whoa, this is a totally different world. And sometimes when you read the Bible, the question that pops up is, is the God of the Old Testament different from the God of the New Testament? I mean, the God of the Old Testament, he can be very punitive and he can be cruel, but Jesus is so merciful. I mean, well, hello. That's because we don't know how to read the Bible. I believe that the God of the Old Testament, now that I know how to read the Bible, the God of the Old Testament is merciful. But that's why you attend the feast, right? Uh, to know how to read the Bible. Um, it was Bishop 
Baron who said that if you do not know Israel, you do not know Jesus. Meaning you would not understand fully the New Testament if you don't understand the Old. And I'll tell you why, two things. Number one, because Jesus was a Jew. Number one. Number two, because the Bible that Jesus read was the Old Testament and he loved it. So we need to love it too. My favorite analogy is this. When the pandemic started and the first lockdown, my family and I, we entered into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. We watched all, get this, 21 movies. One movie a night. Oh, it was crazy. From Iron Man 1 to the last Avengers movie. Amazing. Now, what if you watched the Avengers movie, the very last one, without watching the first 20? I'm sure you would still enjoy it. I'm sure you would kind of like get the story, the drift, you know, who the good guys are and who the bad guys are. You, you, you would. But you would miss out on a huge chunk. And you wouldn't understand a lot of things. Why did Thor, from being a hot hunk, became a, not a hot hunk anymore? <laughs> Why am I sharing that? I believe that the New Testament is like the last movie the last movie, and that the Old Testament was a slow buildup. I'll give you an example of what we're going to talk about right now. The second preacher is going to talk about right now. The Mashiach, the Messiah. That's what the Matthew passage is about. And how will you understand what the Messiah means? Because that's, that's the Old Testament. The definition comes from the Old Testament. So there, um, I pray that as we open the Word, your eyes will be open, your soul will be open, your heart will receive what God wants you to receive, that God feels your pain, but His plans are bigger than your problems. God bless you. Audie, it's your turn. Everybody say it one more time. God feels my pain, but I believe that His plans are bigger than my problems. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a big hand wherever you are. Come on, glorify Him, worship Him, magnify His name, and thank Him for His message today. We also want to thank Brother Bo, of course, for setting up the premise of this talk. Thank you so much, Brother Bo. Nice pass again this week. Ooh, so good. Anyway, can I ask you right now, if you are physically able to do this, can I ask you to stand up to your feet just like me as we open and receive uh, God's Word for today? Lift one hand towards the screen and join me in singing this. Thy Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Father, we are open today. Speak, your servant is listening. Okay, we're taking off from last Sunday's study uh, from the book of Matthew where, just a little recap, this is the part where the Pharisees and the Sadducees, you know, they just finished asking Jesus three questions. You know, they wanted to ask more questions. They're, they're like that tita of yours when you come to a family reunion, she sits you down and then asks you 365 questions about why you're not married yet. <laughs> Type related if you know what I'm talking about. Um, and so, you know, these religious leaders, they could, have, they could have asked another questions, but, you know, Jesus stopped them right there. Jesus says, okay, my turn now. So this is where our, we find ourselves in the story. Open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 22, verse uh, 41. Then, surrounded by the Pharisees, Jesus now asked them a question. What do you think about the Messiah? Whose son 
is he? Then why does David, speaking under the inspiration of the Spirit, call the Messiah, my Lord? For David said, verse 44, The lead said to my Lord, Sit in the place of honor at my right hand until I humble your enemies beneath your feet. Since David called the Messiah my Lord, Jesus says, How can the Messiah be a son? No one could answer him. And after that, no one dared to ask him any more questions. Amen. Let's pray. Let's pray. Thank you for your word, Father. May this cause a stir inside our hearts that would shift and, and th that would change the trajectory of somebody's life today. Thank you, Lord. We are completely wide open, so speak. Amen. One more time, everybody. Let's glorify the Lord. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Give the Lord a big hand wherever you are. Woo, just praise Him today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Anyway, so Brother Bo was telling us all about this, uh, this person called the Mashiach or the Messiah. You know, the Old Testament figure that the people believed would liberate them, would free them from oppression and then unite the whole uh, nation of Israel, the whole tribes of Israel. They believed that this person would come from the royal line of King David. And, you know, this was the top trend, trending topic in the Old Testament. And in fact, you know, it wasn't just a favorite topic. This was actually the entire plot line of the Hebrew Scriptures. You know, the whole Old Testament is an intricate prequel for the coming of this person, the Messiah, the Mashiach. And in fact, you know, this goes all the way back as early as Genesis. When? When Adam and Eve fell, God already told the serpent about the one who is to come. It says here, Genesis chapter 3, And I will cause hostility between you and the woman, and, and, and between your offspring and her offspring. And then here it is. He, meaning Jesus, the Messiah, He will strike your head, and you will strike only his heel. Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. What was the context of this? Let me explain this, all right? God created you and me in his image as represented by, you know, our ancestors, Adam and Eve. They were the perfect creation, you know, the perfect representatives. But what happened? They messed it all up. You know, they took matters into their own hands by defining right from wrong apart from God. So God had to choose another guy. He, he chose another guy named Noah to represent him. And that's why he spared Noah from, and his entire family from a great flood. But you know what? Noah messed it up too. So God chose Abraham. He would become the father of many nations, you know. But Abraham messed it up too. He turned out to be a liar and a coward. So then God chose uh, uh, Jacob. God would later name him Israel after he wrestled with God and was triumphant with God. But Jacob messed it up too. You know, he was a deceiver and a thief. And then God chose Moses, who would bring the whole nation of Israel to the promised land. But sadly, he messed it up too. He didn't even get to enter the promised land. So God then chose David, the greatest king of Israel. But guess what? David messed it up too. He committed adultery and murder. So then God said, you know, everyone keeps messing it up. So now let me send someone else. Let me send a Messiah that won't just mess it up, but someone who will clean up every mess that these people will ever make. So then God sent His one and only Son, Jesus. So you see, my dear friend, the whole Old Testament is a love story. It's a testimony of a God whose love is so great that nothing can ever separate us from His love. 
That's right, not trouble, not calamity, not persecution, not danger, not even death, not even coronavirus. Despite all these things, victory is ours through Christ who loved us. That's right, Romans chapter 8, verse 35. This word is for someone who, who feels rejected or insecure and, and, and alone and afraid right now. I want you to know that, hey, there is a God who since the very beginning has been chasing after you. And he won't stop until he wins your heart, until you give your heart through his son, the Mashiach. Amen, somebody. That's right. That's why, you know, that's what this whole passage is all about. What do you think about the Messiah? Whose son is he? Then the Pharisees replied, he is the son of David. You know, let me explain this very quickly. In the minds of people then, it was very clear that the Messiah, the Mashiach, would come uh, as the son of their greatest ruler, King David. And you know what? They were right. Partially. Why do I say partially? Well, because they thought that the Messiah would, would be exactly like David who conquered like a general, defeating his enemies with a, with a what? With a slingshot and also a sword. He used a sword to cut off the head of Goliath. See, that was the biggest difference between David and Jesus. David used a sword to kill. But Jesus, he used a word to heal. Amen. That's the God that we worship, you know, the God who heals. And so Jesus actually asks them another question. He says in verse 43, Then why does David, speaking under the inspiration of the Spirit, call the Messiah my Lord? For David said, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit in the place of honor at my right hand until I humble your enemies beneath your feet. Since David called the Messiah my Lord, Jesus asks, How can the Messiah... Be a son. Okay, if you are reading this for the very first time, I'm sure you're getting a really bad headache because it can be a little bit confusing. But, you know, this is the reason why we study the Word of God in the very first place. But let me explain. It's because David is talking in the third person. Okay, he's referring to himself in the third person. And I don't know if you noticed, but he mentions the name Lord twice. Why are there two lords in this passage? Okay, let me explain now. The answer lies in their terminology. You see, in Hebrew, the, the first Lord that's mentioned is translated as Yahweh, all right? As God, he's referring to God. While the second Lord is translated as Adonai, which means king or, or ruler. So in this sense, David refers to himself as Adonai, you know, in the sense that he's a king, he's a, he's a ruler. While the other Lord, obviously, is God himself. It's Yahweh. You get what I'm saying? Okay, let me simplify. The Pharisees were partially right in saying that the Messiah is the son of David, but you know what? That was an incomplete definition of the Messiah. Let me give you a perfect example. It's like describing Brother Bo as wise, but then neglecting to mention his good looks. You know, it's an incomplete definition. Can I get an amen from Sister Maru? <laughs> okay, here's the complete definition of the Messiah, all right? Listen to this. The Messiah is not only David's son, because he came from the lineage of David, but he also happens to be David's Lord. Okay, this was perfectly communicated in the book of Revelation, chapter 22. It says, Jesus says, I, Jesus, am the root, I am the source, and I am the offspring of David. Look at that. God establishes his divinity and also his humanity all at the same time. He is perfectly divine as he is perfectly human. Now, why is it so important for us to understand this truth in the 21st century? I hope you're listening to this. Because with all the things that's going on today, you know, the world needs to know that this person named Jesus, he's not a distant memory that only lived in the pages of Scripture. 
He's not just a historical figure from the past, but he's an all-present God. You know, he was present then, he's present now, and he will continue to be present forevermore. But here's the best part. You know, this thought encouraged me deeply this week. It begs us to ask the question, why did God need to send his son, the Mashiach, the Messiah, to planet Earth? To save us, yes. You know, that's the simplest explanation. That's the bottom line. But you know, there's another beautiful reason. And let me preach it to you now. I pray that you receive this with an open heart. God, being fully human through Jesus, you know, God experienced the joys and the pains of earthly life. He experienced it all. He, he, he loved, he suffered, he wept, he, he agonized, he endured, he, he bled. But in the end, he overcame. For what? So that he can tell you and me these two powerful words. Me too. Me too. Every time you come before the Lord with your groans and your grievances, Lord, I was rejected today. I feel so bad. Lord, I'm getting tired with all the demands of life. I need you. Lord, I'm in physical pain. This pain is really bad. Lord, I find it so hard to make sense of all the things that I'm going through. And God said, me too. Me too. I know how you feel. I got rejected too. I got tired too. I suffered the same pain too. Me too. My friend, the Mashiach, the Messiah, the God of heavens, you know, he doesn't just know your pain, but he feels it too. He knows the sting of rejection. He knows the ache of losing a loved one. He knows the pain of physical death. You see, God is not just powerful, but he's also personal too. And here is the greatest news that I can give you today. Jesus overcame all of that in order that you and I can also overcome it too. Jesus said in John chapter 16, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Where? In me. Where? In me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart, Jesus says, because I have overcome the world. You know, your pain doesn't have to define you. Your pain doesn't have to have the last say. Jesus does, and Jesus said, it is finished. So you can overcome it through Jesus. He says, in me. You don't have to say in your pain. God's message today to you is that His plans are bigger than your problems. So believe that God is not finished with you yet. In fact, I want you to declare this, that after this crisis is done, God is gonna use you more. Shout amen if you receive it. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, God. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Let's pray. Let's come before God's presence. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father, thank you for bringing heaven down to earth today. Thank you for making your presence felt in our hearts. In the midst of all that's happening in our life, Lord, we, we, we want you to know that we are simply offering our life to you, Lord. We are opening ourselves because we believe, Lord, that you are the only script writer that we need in our life. The devil has given us a script. He has handed down a script into our life and we don't like it. We're firing him, Lord. We're giving you the job. You are now our, our script writer and we are declaring in this moment, Lord, that you've got a beautiful future for us. You've got a beautiful plan prepared for us and we're just gonna walk in it. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you right now. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Subscribe to Feast Radio and open yourself to God's grace. For more podcasts like these, visit feast.ph slash radio.